0: Um, I went fishing yesterday. <laughs> Thank you, Travis. Yeah, yeah. I went fishing yesterday, first time in a long time. Yep. So, uh, so I caught the biggest fish of the day, though. It was a bass that was about this long, <laughs> this long. Uh, so yeah, I'm not really a, a fisherman, not that much, but I really enjoyed fishing yesterday. I fished with Travis, and. Uh, <clears throat> Had a good time. Also, fished with Quinn, so that was that was fun too. But um, just because I need medication, uh, I thought about the fish that we caught because we caught them and we put them in these buckets, right? And so they're swimming around in the buckets, and then we release them back into the pond. Is what we did. So I was thinking, fish swimming. I have a reel out. I draw him out of his environment, like he's been abducted by an alien, right? Abducted by an alien. We grab him, look at him, take the hook out, and then stick him in a container for observation. Oh, come on, people. A container for observation, and then he sits there a little while, and then he's returned into his living environment. So, you know, they swum back to their community because, you know, if they're like cubits swimming back to the community. Where were you at, Bob? Well, I was abducted by aliens. You were? Yeah, they took me out of the water and they looked at me and I thought I was eating, a, a, you know, some food. And then I got placed in a container for observation. And they're coming. They're going to invade our premises. You know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, th- Look, the first the first service loved this story. So yeah, so yeah, they're back there. And can you yeah. imagine can you imagine, for instance, like families that had it happen to them, but the fish were not returned. Yeah, I lost little Johnny. He he was here one day and the aliens came and they took him, you know, away, and I just don't know where he's at. So with that in mind, I want you to turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter twenty-two. Proverbs chapter twenty-two. If you're visiting with us this morning, my name is Philip Brand. I'm the pastor here, and um, and here we go. I'm glad you're with us. So Proverbs chapter twenty-two, verse six. That's where we're going to start reading. But before we jump in to Proverbs twenty-two, I want to show you a picture. Okay, and it's a picture of toilet paper. Okay, so here's a picture of toilet paper. It's Scott's one thousand sheet per roll. Um, 12 rolls equals 12,000 sheets. Now, I'm okay with all that. I'm okay with all of that. The sheets are very, very thin. Anybody use Scott toilet paper? It's just very, 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 very thin. You have to get a lot of it in order to make it work. But right next to it, it says 12 rolls last 12 weeks. 12 rolls last 12 weeks. I, I do not understand this. I've been, I've been thinking about this for five years. How in the world does someone make 12 rolls last 12 weeks? And, and this isn't the only place that they do this. They do this on all of their toilet tissue. Here's one, 20 rolls right here. 20 rolls last 20 weeks. And they are very proud of that. 20 rolls. How many of you have a roll of toilet paper that lasts An entire week. Anybody? Because you're a man. That is the only way that that can possibly occur. 20 rolls last 20 weeks. This is an unrealistic expectation. Isn't it? Absolutely unrealistic. If you have a family, there's no way. Even if you did the math, like one per person, in my house it's not going to last that way. I use more than one roll a week. Nicole does the... The whole family does. so there's no way that that could last one weeks. It's, it's an unrealistic expectation. And sometimes, when we look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, we often think that this is an unrealistic expectation. And this is what it says. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 says this. Hmm. It would help if the speaker had his Bible open to the right passage. 22, verse 6, it says this, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way that they should go, and even when he is old, he would not depart from it. That just seems like an unrealistic expectation. This is probably one of the most quoted verses when it comes to parenting in all of Scripture. How many of you have heard this heard this one before. Yeah, you've heard it before. And so some of us have lived by it. We're like, okay, we need to train up our children in the way that they should go. And and when they're old, they will not depart from it. And we really trust that that is actually the case. But we also know of people, and you might be one of them, where you've trained children in the way that they should go, and they decided not to do that. They decided not to abide by what you taught them from the scriptures in the way that they should live. So, so what does this verse actually mean? Like, what is it actually saying? So to dive into this just for a few moments, and then we're going to go to another part of, of the sermon a little bit later on. To dive into this just a few moments, let's just look at a couple of words. First is train up a child in the way that he should go. The word train there is a very interesting word. It, it means to uh, inaugurate it means to initiate, it means to prepare, to let go of, and it means to dedicate. It means all of those things, this particular Hebrew word for, for train. So you should think of it in terms as when you first hold your child in the hospital, from that day until you let them go, you are training them, inaugurating them, getting them prepared to be let go and dedicated to God. That's, that's the meaning of that word. And so you, you start here and you build. This is actually the same word that is used of the temple when the temple was being built. The temple was being built, it was being prepared, and once it was done, it was dedicated to the Lord. And so the temple was dedicated to God at that particular point and let go of. It was God's place. It was where God was going to resign. So this train up a child in the way that they should go is a preparation throughout life. It's something that is inaugurated, continues in training, and then you dedicate them to the Lord. And and they're supposed to live for the Lord after your hands are off of them. You read through this particular verse, and it's train up a child in the way he should go. That particular uh, phrase or words, um, the way, is actually used 70 times in the book of Proverbs. And especially in Proverbs chapter 1 through Proverbs chapter 9, the way is used. And the way is used as, um, this is the way that you should go and you should flee from this particular way. You should go in the way of wisdom, but you should flee from foolishness. And so Proverbs is filled with this kind of the way uh, type of terminology. And so, this passage of Scripture says, hey, you, you and I, if we have children, are supposed to dedicate them to the Lord, and we're supposed to train them in the way that they should go. And there's a lot to this particular training stuff, right? There's a lot to it. Some of it is you really need to discipline children from time to time, and we'll start there. That's not the epicenter of this training, but every now and then you have to discipline children, or they do not know the way that they should go. And Proverbs talks about discipline all throughout scripture. How many of you have heard of um, this thing called gentle parenting? Anybody heard of gentle? No, you haven't. You've heard of gentle parenting, the gentle parenting movement. Um, I, this is relatively new for me. Um, I heard somebody talking about it in a restaurant that I don't even know, so I looked it up about this gentle parenting, right? Yes, I eavesdrop on people in restaurants. If they're loud enough for me to hear them, I can listen to their conversations. Is that fair enough? Yeah, if you want a private conversation, go to your car or your house. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, right. You ought to hear some conversations in Walmart, right down the aisle. It's like, really? You said that here? Anyway, so I'm, li- I'm listening. So it was this gentle parenting. So I was wondering what in the world this was. I would n- not heard of it. I knew I was preparing for this message, so I looked it up. And this is gentle parenting. This is, this, is the, this is what they do, okay? So let's say that your child is doing something wrong, okay? Child's doing something wrong. This is what you do. <clears throat> I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. And right now, you're having big feelings. I know you're having big feelings. I know you're having big feelings. Yes, big feelings right now. Big feelings. I feel those big feelings. But you have the kitchen knife. (laughs) And I don't think that's a good plan. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the kitchen knife and put it back in the drawer so that you can be safe. So when I watched that video, old YouTube, of this woman doing this, my first thing was, this is where Michael Myers came from. (laughs) Gentle parenting produces serial killers, is what it does. Okay, that's what it does. It doesn't produce anything, the gentle type of parenting. And Proverbs doesn't talk about the gentle type of parenting. We should care, but we shouldn't. And then I had this thought, what if in my next argument with Nicole, I did gentle husbandry? (sighs) I know you're feeling right now. I know you're hurting. (sighs) You've got some big feelings going on inside, Nicole. Some big feelings. Some big feelings. Yeah, you got some big feelings. And I know that you want this argument to last for three hours, but I don't think it's a good plan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Okay, so (laughs) here's Proverbs. This is what it says. Yeah. Proverbs 13 and 29 says this. Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but whoever loves him is diligent to discipline him. Discipline your son, and he will give you rest. He will give you delight in your heart. Now, let me set this up for you a little bit. The Bible teaches that you really, from time to time, should spank your children. It's just in Scripture. It's not beating them. It is spanking spanking them. But you don't have to spank them for everything. There are other ways that you can discipline as well. You spank them for the serious stuff. Other things of parenting is sometimes you need to put them in a timeout, and sometimes actually just taking something from them is enough. It really is. You don't always have to go here. There's different ways to train them, okay? So you take stuff from them. You say you can't have this, you can't do this. So you you do discipline in that particular way if it matches what they have done wrong. Does this make sense? Another form of discipline is when you sit them down and you talk to them about what they just did. This is very appropriate sometimes to sit down and talk to them. You can't always do this, and you can't always do this, and you can't always take stuff away from them. You have to figure out what they've done and with wisdom discipline them accordingly. And sometimes just a talk is enough, and sometimes taking away that thing is just enough, and sometimes things just get to the place where you have to have to spank all Is about training a child in the way that they should go. I submit to you that you can't be your children's buddy. You can't always be gentle with your children. You are supposed to be the parent and not their best friend. And your responsibility, according to scripture, is to train them in the way that they should go. Now, the first part of this verse is a command, it's a command in Hebrew, it's structured as a command you as a parent are supposed to discipline and train this child in the way that they should go but there's other types of of training it's not just discipline it's also talking to them about things that are going on in this life in their life and you talk to them from the scriptures from time to time you should sit down at your dinner table or in your living room or take them on a fishing trip or, or do some things to where you can actually sit down with them and you can talk to them about how God wants them to live their life. You see the struggles that they're having at preschool, you talk to them about it in a preschool sort of fashion. You see the struggles that they're having in kindergarten, you talk to them about their friends' interactions and stuff. And you give them biblical wisdom about how to handle certain things. When they get in middle school, you talk to them about temptations and things that could take them away from the Lord. Or even really relationship issues that are... It's the worst time to be a kid is in middle school, in my opinion, because relationships are really, really hard in middle school. Um, When you get to high school, you talk to them about other things. You talk to, to them about their future. You make sure that they are following God in the way that they should go. And you talk to them along the way. So training does that. And the reason that you train your children is not only because it's a command, but because your child is a gift from God. A gift from God. A gift from God. Now, I know last week we talked about the wife being a gift to the husband. I know we talked about it, and that's absolutely true. And that the mother is a gift to her family. That is absolutely true as well. But children in a different way are a gift to parents. They are given and created by God and given to you. There has never been a baby that has been a mistake. I'm going to say that again. There's never been a baby that has been a mistake. You might have made the mistake, but God didn't. God placed that individual inside of the mother to be born for a purpose. And he designed that individual in such a way that they have a purpose in this life. And they are very important from conception all the way through birth, all the way into their life. You are not a mistake. None of us are. And so if you come out a girl, God has created you to be a girl and to grow into a young lady and to eventually have a family of your own where you will have children. That's what he's created you to be. Now, you can be president. You can own a company. I mean, you can do all kinds of things as a female. You can do that. But God created you as a female, and he expects you to be that throughout your life. If you are a guy, if you're born a boy you're a boy. God did not make a mistake. He didn't uh, create you in a particular way physically and then somehow mentally program you in a different way. He did not do that. He created you as a guy. And so you're supposed to grow up and become a man of God and a father in a household and point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is how this has been done by God. This is how he he expects us to live. Right? And so you are not a mistake. And so when we are parents, it is not a mistake that we are holding the child. It is a responsibility that we have at that moment. Man, when I held my children for the very first time in the hospital, it was a miracle like no other. I don't, I don't even understand how that happens. Like the baby inside, being formed, and the hand of God in it all, and then the miracle when you hold it for the very first time, and you're like, this came, we didn't buy this at Walmart, on special, like it wasn't on special. I didn't order this from Amazon. This is a living being. I don't have to give her batteries for her to operate, right? Right? she is, she is alive and all we do is feed and, and she will grow up and become a young lady on her own without really me even doing anything about it. Like I don't cause my children to grow. You don't either. They are a gift to you. They are a gift and a huge responsibility. And so of course God would command us to say, Hey, train a child in the way that they should go train them according to scripture because there's a lot of things in this life that can destroy your gift. There's a lot of things in this life that can destroy your gift. Train your children in such a way that they can keep their lives intact and be uh, people that are very, um, I, I just lost the word. They give to society. What would that be? They Help me out. They contribute to society. Make them those people and make sure that their lives are centered upon God and God alone. Okay? So we train. But Philip, you know, the next phrase, that's great, but the next phrase is kind of unrealistic. It's an unrealistic expectation, I think. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, whereas the first part of this is a Hebrew phrase that is definitely a command, the second phrase is an observation. It's, It's in the realm of observation. And so, what the wisdom writer is saying, I have observed that if you obey this command, generally speaking, those children will not depart from what you have taught them. It is not a guarantee, it's not written as a guarantee, it is not written as a promise at all. It is saying, I have observed that parents that teach their children the scriptures later in life will not depart from what they've been taught. That's what it's saying. It doesn't mean that all of them will will be right in the future. But it does mean that the majority of them will. That he has observed this in life. Does this make sense? This is so freeing, actually. Because there are parents that did it right, and their children decided to go the wrong way. Right? There are children like that. And this is saying a general observation. And the children have gone, as long as you have trained them in the way that they should go, once you release them, It is their responsibility for their actions, and they are responsible for their actions, and it is not your fault if your child decides to do something wrong after they leave your house. It's not your fault. Do you still care about them? Absolutely. Absolutely you care about them. You care about them deeply. In fact, parenting to me, is the, is the one thing that I've done in this life that instantly my heart is on the table for them to do with whatever they want to do with it. My heart is on the table. They can bring me great joy or they can bring me great sorrow. They can make me so proud of them that I can't stand, my, stand beside myself and so like, can I just take them out of the world because I brought them into it, Right? <laughs> My heart is just right out there. There is no other relationship that's like that for me. Yes, I love Nicole, but you have to agree as a parent, it is not the same thing as having children. There is something different about having your own child. You still love your wife, but there is a deeper like love for that child that you just can't explain. And so they, the ebb and flow of what they do can make you happy or can make you sad or can make you concerned or can make you joyful it is amazing how that happens and so you know it is so important to train them but when they go off it is no longer your fault if they choose to do the wrong thing it is just not your fault it's not your fault so it is a general observation here it is a general observation that says if you do this, chances are your child will never forget that. Never ever forget that. So, two things before we go to the next point. First, if you don't train your child in the way that they should go, if you don't do it and you just let them do whatever they want to, they have a very slim chance of ever coming to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They have a very slim chance of following in the way of wisdom, they have a very slim chance of doing the right thing. However, if you train them in the way that they should go, there's a big chance that they will turn out right. It's a big chance that they will turn out right. Huge chance that they, huge chance that they will (laughs) turn out right. Very big chance. Very big chance. All right, so next. Next. How many of you consider yourself to be a child of someone else? Okay, we have one that's not, so that's an alien in the room, right? Yeah, all of us are children. All of us are children, every single one of us. You and I need to live as children that our parents are proud of. You and I need to live as children that our parents are proud of. Um, I would like you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. Mm -hmm. And this is what it says. A wise son makes a glad father but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. So you and I have the ability to either make our parents proud of us or are excited about us or joyful about us or not so much. We have the power to do that. And so I don't know about you, but I love my parents dearly. I have a good set of parents and I hope that you do too. But one of my desires is not only to um, be a good father to my children, but to also bring them honor in the way that I live. Because no one is truly free. Freedom is an illusion. Freedom is an illusion. The reason I say that is because everything that you do reflects on your family. Everything that you do reflects on your family. You do this, it reflects on who they are. You either bring them joy, you either bring them honor, you either bring them respect, or you don't. What you do reflects on everybody around you. Not only does it reflect on everybody around you, your family members, but your family members are either sad or happy, concerned, or ecstatic about you in any given particular moment. So children, all of us, need to live in such a way That when our parents look at us, and when our family members look at us, that they're excited to know us. Come on, church. That they're excited to know us. This is a key uh, teaching in the book of Proverbs. Look at these verses. It says this. Be wise, my son, and make my heart, what? Glad that I may answer him who reproaches me. Here's the next verses. It says, A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her womb who bore him. The rod of reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Um, Proverbs chapter 23, if you'll turn there a moment. And I want to look at verse 24, just three verses in Proverbs chapter 23. Uh, Verse 24 says this. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice he who fathers a wise son will be glad in him i I want to be that guy don't you you want to be that person that brings joy and gladness to your parents you do verse 15 says this my son if your heart is wise my heart too will be glad if your heart is wise My heart, too, will be glad. So there's gladness here. The last verse I want you to look at is in verse 19. It says, hear my son and be wise and direct your heart in the way. So be wise and direct your heart in the way. So be good. Be a person that is honorable, that is respectful, that is working toward following God, and bring your parents honor. Well, Philip, you know, my... My parents are not people of honor. My parents aren't exactly the nicest people in the world. My parents, I don't know, they're just, there's something wrong with them, right? There's something wrong with them. And what do you mean I need to live my life to bring them honor? What what does that mean? My or you might be in a situation where one of your parents is like really good and one of your parents is like really bad and you're like, am I supposed to bring the bad one on or two?" And the answer to that question is yeah, you are. And the way that you do that is by living your life correctly. I'll put it to you this way. You need to live your life according to the way and according to scriptures so that when people meet your parents who aren't living that way, they're like, wow, how did that person come from them? Are you tracking? How did that person come from them? They are so shocked because in their mind, because of the way you live, they thought you had better parents than you actually have. And actually you brought them honor by the way that you live your life. You kind of hid their sin until somebody, you know, meets them and they're like, wow, I don't know how this person that's so great came from these people who are so evil. That is how God wants you to live your life. We are all children and we live in such a way that we bring our parents honor, whether they're older or younger, whether we're in middle school and we still live with them or whether we're out and we are parenting middle schoolers. We live our lives with honor to bring them honor. So here's the final scripture today. Matthew chapter 17 verse 6. And this is what it says. 17 verse 6. Grandchildren Are the crown of the aged, and the glory of children is their fathers. Grandchildren are the crown of the aged, and the glory of children is their fathers. I don't know what it's like to be a grandparent. I don't. I'm looking forward to it, but I don't know what it's like to be a grandparent. But here's what I know about it, just as a very base preschool level. Okay, grandparents, just a preschool level. I haven't graduated to have one yet. Don't want to for a while. We need to wait, but nonetheless, here it is, here it is. Grandparents want to not only see that their children are being successful, but their grandchildren are being successful as well. Wouldn't you agree with that? They wanna look down and say, these people were gifts to me. My children were given gifts of children, which are also mine. And I want them to succeed in this life. Grandparents are for children. This is how this works. When I was younger, before I was married, it's all about me, my parents. All about me. I get married, it's all about Nicole and I. We kind of shared it equally, right? We'd come home and, and it'll be great. We're glad to see you. How are y'all doing? All that kind of stuff. But when we had Aurora, I don't know what happened. It wasn't us they wanted to see, it was Aurora they wanted to see. We took a back seat to to our new child. It was always, what is Aurora doing? They wanted to hold her, they wanted to see her, they wanted to do all kinds of things with her because that brought them joy. And then when Quinn came up, we took a couple more steps backwards. In fact, I'm not really sure if we even matter at all in the equation. I'm just not sure if we even matter. But to the parents, they're like, oh, this is the next generation. I'm going to love them, and I'm going to invest in them too. I'm proud of them. So grandparents are always proud of their children. Parents should always be proud of their children, so forth and so on. So, th- so that's what happens. So when you see this verse in Proverbs chapter six, uh, 17, verse 6, it says, grandchildren are the crown of the ages. It's what brings them joy. I would submit to you today that when my kids were born, my parents got younger. There's some type of energy a, a child brings into that equation, and they got younger, and they got really excited, and that's an amazing thing. So Katie Johnson works here at the church. They're not here today. And Nathan Johnson, they usually sit right over there in the second service, right there. He's a guy, no hair on top, beard. Beard guy, Nathan Johnson has been my best friend since kindergarten. Now we didn't go on the same pathways in school; we're we're kind of different in that particular regard. But we've always been really good friends. And he came here just about I don't know; it's probably eight years ago or so. They started coming here to this church, and and it was amazing to see them come in. Uh, Katie, I've known her since high school. I was at their wedding. Um, Very familiar with Scott and Brett and um, and Noah. And have just prayed for them and really been involved in their lives because we're just, we're just really good friends from way back. We're, we're just really good friends, and I love that family. Well, Noah, this weekend, has just had his first child. Just his first child. And so um, Nathan and Katie went up on, I think it was Friday night, because things were moving, and they just wanted to be there when that grandchild was born because they were so excited so Nathan, of course, is a lot older than I am, is, is what is. Yeah, Nathan's a lot older. But what you don't know, and he might kill me for telling you this. He might. I don't know. Probably not, but, you know, he's, he's bigger than I am. He could take me out. For the last four weeks, he has had his bags packed in his truck here at the church just in case they got a call that the grandchild was coming. And their plan was at any moment, like if they got a text, Katie sitting next to her phone with her hand on it just in case it vibrated, right? If they had gotten that text, they would have exited out of that door and they would have gone to Virginia to see that child and just to be one of the first people to actually hold it and touch it. They were looking forward to it that much. Here's a picture of him holding the baby yesterday. Isn't that great? And I can't tell you Nathan and Katie's story, but what I can tell you is they love Jesus and they invested in their children and they have prayed for their children and they're very proud of Noah and his wife and this child that has just been born. Very proud of them. And I thought about this and I think that my prayer is gonna be. Lord, make me a man of honor, not only for my parents, but also for my children. Make me a man of honor where my grandchildren can look up to me and my great-grandchildren can look up to me. And they know that you have done a wonderful work in my life. Help me to have that impact. And I think that that should be the prayer for everyone in this room. I think you should pray today. Lord, make me a lady of honor. Not only to bring joy to my parents, but a lady of honor for my children and my grandchildren. And guys, make me a man of honor. Help me to live in such a way that they know that I know you, so that they know that there is a better way than the way that the world offers us. Right? there's young people in this room I know you think you're young right now but just like that you're gonna have children and just like that you're gonna have grandchildren and just like that it's gonna be over it goes that quickly so it's very important for you today to make a commitment to live for Jesus and walk in the way of the scriptures it's very important And mom and dad dad's in this room I don't know how you parent, I don't know, but it's very important for you today to make a commitment to say, I'm gonna be the parent that God wants me to be. And I'm gonna talk to my kids about walking in the way and I'm gonna do the discipline that I need to do and I'm gonna talk to them and I'm gonna love them with all my heart. I'm gonna do that for my children. That's for you. And for grandparents, for you, you're old enough to be the people of wisdom in your family's lives. And that wisdom can only come if you know the word of God and you can pass it on to them. So your commitment is to really know that word and pass it on. They're not always going to follow it. They're not always going to follow it. But most of them will. And I would take it to the bank that even the person that is out doing their own thing and not living like they were trained to, still has in the back of their mind that their parents did not teach them to live the way that they're living. I guarantee that's in the back of their mind. So with all that, let's bow our head and close our eyes, and we'll pray.